Welcome to this podcast from the Vessel Collective Church here in the heart of Texas. Our mission is to be vessels of the living Christ, set apart for His purpose and His kingdom. We thank you for sharing in this message here today. Thank y'all so much. And we can we thank Brian and Hazel for leading us in Advent this morning. Thank y'all for doing that. Well, good morning. Welcome to the vessel, and thanks for being here today. Uh, we have a couple more things to do as we jump into the message. Um, if you've been here the past several weeks, we have a Christmas tree, and I notice it needs to be like the top needs to be defluffed a bit. It's looking sad, but that's okay. So I have, um, I love Christmas. Um, I love, my favorite thing is our Christmas Eve service. I always get really emotional around Christmas. I don't know why. And it's not, you know, it's just the Lord and how good he is. And so as much as I love that piece of it, I secretly hate decorating. I hate decorating for Christmas. I'm a bah humbug, um, grumpy dad when it comes to decorating. And this year, like, put me over the top. We have this tree that's perfect. It's like 20 years old. We got it as a handy down that's pre-lit, which is nice. You plug it in, you turn it on. You don't have to light the, you know, put the lights on. And this year, none of the lights worked. And so Shay and I took all the strands of lights off because we're cheap and we're not buying a new tree. And people are like, I would have just bought a new tree. I'm like, yeah, we didn't do that. So we spent three hours doing that, de-lighting our tree. And then um, after, after we did that, we got, I went and got some new lights. I got the lights all over the tree. I got them on, I plugged them in, and boom, the, the, the fuse in the strand blew immediately. So I changed the fuse out, I get it up, and it was the bottom strand. I'm like, this is perfect. We turned it on again, it blew again, like another one. And don't worry, I figured out you can't put how many strands of light all in one sequence, but we figured it out, and then Shay and them decorated it this week. And so I'm a bit of a uh, kind of grumpy when it comes to decorating a tree, but that's what we're gonna do this morning. So before we start, uh, as we kind of talk about joy this morning, as that is our focus for Advent, uh, this morning and this week, uh, one of the things that brings us joy is decorating trees and gathering around the trees. So if you have an ornament, you should have received a text message this morning. You brought one, great. If you didn't, no worries. Um, we have a couple. We have some in this red tin here. And then we have these that uh, Miss Serena Jongo made last year that are awesome. And so what I'd like us to do is for us to take a time, and I'll just do it by section, uh, if you would, just come up and, and put an ornament onto our tree. If you brought one, or you can get one from the bin. And so we'll do this. Jessica, your section first. Y'all can come forward and decorate our tree in the spirit of joy if you have one. If you don't, we've got ornaments for you. So um, when, we, when we talk about joy, one thing I think is uh, important is like this is a time that makes us really joyful. And if I ask the question, what makes you joyful during Christmas, you might name a lot of things. You might uh, say being with family. You might say decorating the tree, since that is not mine. So I want to ask you the question, what is, what is something as you think about Christmas that brings you joy? All right, this section here, y'all can come and decorate. So what is something that brings you joy during this time of the year? Music. Thank you, Serena. That's right. Christmas music. Does anyone love Christmas music? Yeah, there you go. We, Shane and I have been listening to some Randy Travis Christmas. I'm just saying, meet me under the mistletoe. It's not bad. Uh, Melissa, what did you say? Your family. Yeah. Has anyone seen family this year that you haven't seen in a long time? Yeah, Alyssa? Anyone else? Yeah, Jaden's coming home? Wow, you got to bring that old boy to church. That's awesome. 
Yeah, praise God for that. Okay, who else? What else brings you joy? All right, uh, this section, y'all can come and decorate our tree. Who else has something that brings them joy during Christmas holiday time? Cold weather. Did y'all say it at the same time? That's awesome. Cold weather, that's true. And yesterday, 50 degrees and windy does not count. That is the worst weather. Today, cold, crisp, 30 degrees is perfect. All right, we'll do our last section here. Y'all can come decorate. I can do cold, cold, just not 50 and windy. Um, So yeah. What else? Anything else that brings you joy? The lights. Yeah, seeing Christmas lights. Kids, that's right. We have lots of things to be joyful of. I think it's also important that we remember, as I reflect on joy this week, that as joyful as Christmas time can be and this time of the year, there's a lot of us that have sorrow and mourning. There's a lot of us in this room that think of someone that they loved and that they've lost and that they've missed, or even heartache within their family that things have been lost. And so that's what we're talking about, joy this morning. So I'm gonna open us in prayer. Thank you for decorating the tree. Um, You can get your ornament back. Yes, Bo? Gifts, amen. Thank you. If the kids were in here, they would have said gifts. Yeah, no one wants to say that. Okay, so we had Rad yesterday. I'm putting one of my Serena ornaments on. We had Rad yesterday, and my youngest son, Barrett, was going to see Santa. I said, buddy, what are you gonna ask Santa for? He's like, I'm gonna ask him for a scooter. A scooter, awesome, bud, okay. Wait, no, I'm not gonna ask him for anything. I just wanna tell him thank you. Like he corrected him, he caught himself with the gift answer. He was like, nope, that's not the right answer, but we know he wants a scooter. So let me pray uh, and thank the Lord for all those things. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for being a family and uh, being able to get together with family for um, people we haven't seen in a long time, for gifts, for lights, for Christmas music. Uh, and just the joy that comes with this season. We thank you for the, just the tradition, the things that we can all remember and exercise, the way it marks a season of our life, a coming to the end of the year. And we thank you for what we worshiped you for this morning, for a true joy that was brought into the world through your son Christ. So we thank you for that, Lord. I pray this morning as we open your word, as we look at what biblically joy looks like, uh, God, that you would, Fill our hearts with that, despite the hard things, God, despite the difficulties that we're going through. Would you make us people of joy, God? And would this season uh, be about more than just lights and Randy Travis Christmas music and gifts, uh, but truly be about you? Would we just meet you this year in a really significant and powerful way? We love you, Lord, and pray these things in your name. Amen. So as we've been teaching and going through Advent, God's been good to help me exercise, like as I've prepped on Sunday morning, that God's been good to help me exercise these different uh, kind of focuses. And so last week, if you remember, I talked about peace and kind of coming in and preparing for Sunday and my message, I really struggled with peace because I had a lot going on. I was stressed. I had no peace in my life. And so it was an opportunity for me to exercise peace in spite of peace that surpasses all understanding. And so as we're coming into this week, uh, the Lord was equally as good, but on the opposite end of the spectrum as God gave me opportunities this week to exercise my joy muscle. And so one of those muscles uh, that we exercised yesterday was rad, and I got to be at rad. Anyone else? Like that's when you clap and you're like, yeah, rad, thank you. 
So uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone that came and served yesterday at RAD. It's our special needs ministry here, and if that's not joyful time, then I don't know what it is. And I'll tell you, my buddy, I was a buddy this, this year, and my buddy was really super, had a lot of joy over the bounce house. I mean, he was zeroed in, focused on doing the bounce house, being in the bounce house, experiencing the bounce house. And so we had a lot of joy going to the bounce house and, and doing that um, together and him getting an hour and a half on the bounce house. And so I appreciate everyone that served. I thank you for coming out and being so joyful and loving those families and loving those kids and telling them about the miracle of Christ. And so that was really joyful. And then earlier in this week, I got to see some friends from college that I haven't seen since before COVID. And we went on a hunting trip and we had a great time. And, and just so I, I got to experience lots of joy. So the Lord was kind in that. And so as we get into this scripture and our Advent scripture for today that, uh, that Hazel and Brian read for us this morning, I want us to look at biblically what is joy. And so as we read through this, I want to look at kind of these four truths about joy and what it looks like to have joy in Christ and, and kind of some truths there. And so I'm going to read the scripture in Luke chapter 2. It says this, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. That's not joyful, that's not peaceful, but you get it. An angel comes and you're terrified. Verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about it, about this child. And all whom heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And so I think as we look, and this is a very classic Christmas story as the video just played beforehand portrayed, like we can picture the star in the sky, we can picture the shepherds in the field, we can picture the magi and the, the wise men going to see this baby born in a manger. We've watched it in movies, we've seen it on TV, we have a manger scene set up in our home. This is an image that's really clear to us and it is an image of joy. And so when we sing joy to the world, and we sing these songs about joy, it is about this moment. It's about this moment that the Lord did what he said he would do to save the world from its sins, to send his son, to fulfill these prophecies in this moment, which we talked about two weeks ago. And so I wanna look at what, yeah, it's just some truth about joy in that moment and from that and what we can take during the season. Here's the first. Is it true? Here's the first truth. The truth is this. Our joy in Christ comes from the news of the gospel. Our joy that's in Christ comes from the news of the gospel. Um, in verse... 10, here it says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Is that our joy that we find in Jesus comes from the good news of the gospel. And so I ask you the question to consider, what causes you joy? Joy is a response. 
It's not something we say, oh, I should be joyful. And we do that and we exercise thanksgiving and joy. But typical and true blue joy, you see it in your kids. I saw it in my rad buddy yesterday when we finally got to go to the bounce house is that true joy is a response, is an emotion. And so to consider what causes you joy, and as Christ followers, the gospel and the good news of the gospel is what causes us joy. And here's one of the problems is for far too long, Christians have shared a gospel that is bad news. And that's just the truth. In our church, for a long time, we shared a bad news gospel rather than a good news gospel. We've used fear and pride to intimidate people towards Jesus. Um, We have sold hell prevention and not a relationship with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the heavens and the earth, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, our Savior, is that for far too long we sold this idea of hell prevention. We've tried to scare people into the gospel. If you don't accept Jesus, if you don't walk down this aisle, then you're gonna burn in hell and you're gonna live away from the Lord forever. But that is not a joyful message. And that is not good news. That's fear. I had a friend that grew up in a church and they would see, they would uh, have these rapture films as kids. And they would show them these films or they would watch the rapture over and over again. And my friend was like, yeah, I accepted Jesus every time they showed that film. I wasn't sure, I better accept him again. I mean, I think I'm saved, but I'd see that and like the mark of the beast and they're burning in hell. Like, I'm gonna walk the aisle again. I'm gonna do it again. And we've used this idea of hellfire and brimstone as a tool to get people to cross some line so that we can be satisfied and so that we can check their box and we can punch their card. You know the Polar Express, right? When you get the ticket and they, you know, punch their ticket. Man, for far too long, we, we've cheapened the gospel to be a gospel of fear. And we've, we've we sold bad news. But the truth is, is everything is the gospel that we do. And the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is compelling the good news of the love of the Lord is compelling enough. And we live in a world that is desperate for good news, right? And that's what we need. As, as, as Brian prayed for us, I just, as he prayed for us, I just reflected, we have a world around us that is desperate for something that is joyful, for good news. And we can turn on the TV or we can get on social media or we can talk to a neighbor, a friend, or coworker, and there's a lot of bad news. But our world is desperately in need of a gospel that is good news, the love of Christ. I'm the parent of a middle schooler. And I mean, we are one semester into middle school. And I know what's going on in her life. I know what's going on in her friends' lives and the lives of the kids in her school. And I'm telling you, it's heartbreaking how much we need the gospel. My 11-year-old daughter has friends at school that are cutting. Boys that are watching pornography together. Kids that are talking about suicide. 11 years old. And man, I read that and it breaks my heart. Man, and these poor kids are victims of the world around them of darkness, of brokenness, of sin. They're not at fault. They're not wrong. They're children. I mean, that's what they're dealing with. And so I want you to know, the people around us need good news. They need joy. They need to know how much God loves them. 
what the Lord did for them, how valuable, how important they are, how they matter, how their life is worth it. And the gospel is good news. And in the church and, and the lives that we live and what we talk about every Sunday and why we're in small group, why we're in community, why we do rad, why we sing songs, why we decorate a silly Christmas tree, it's the gospel. It's the gospel every single time. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the good news of what the Lord did. And the, the, for a long time, the church has done wrong by selling bad news message. I consider, I think about, you know, and I, I, I talk about this often, I'm passionate about this, but it's about this purity culture that the, that the church has done for so long. This bad news, don't have sex, it's terrible, you're bad, stay pure, don't do all these things, this is bad news, and we're not telling our kids the truth. We're not telling them that, no, this is something that's beautiful, that the Lord created for your good and under the confines of how God created as a gift. Instead, we've tried to scare kids into abstinence. And has it worked? No. But we sold this bill of goods of bad news. But the gospel, by definition, is good news. The scripture says, do not be afraid, for I bring you good news. The word good news is, the, is gospel that will cause great joy. Uh, it's, it's really this word evangelismo, which is to bring good news or, or to announce glad tidings. It's to announce and to bring good. It's the same word that we get evangelism from. It's why when we evangelize to people, we share good news. It's why we don't pick it on the corner and say, you're going to hell, you're bad, you're terrible. No, we have a message of a God that loves them. You know, we sing these Christmas songs and we say, good tidings we bring to you and your kid. That is the gospel. Good tidings is the good news of the gospel. The Christmas song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I, when I was a kid, I thought Harold was the angel. I thought like you've got Michael, you've got uh, Gabriel, and then you've got Harold that's there to tell the shepherds. And by, by a few years ago, like two years ago, I was like, oh, I thought that was his name. No, not really, but maybe. And so this idea of hark the herald angels sing is hark is a word that means I have an announcement, a proclamation. Listen up. This is really important. The herald angel as a king would come to a, to a town, he would send the herald before him to announce the coming king, to say the king is coming. Everyone gather, here comes the king. And so just like this, when the king of the world is being sent, he sends these angels that have this message that say, hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. He's coming. Now is the time. He's being born. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join in the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. We have good news. We have good news. And who is the good news for? The scripture says right here. Who's it for? It's for all it says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. What does all mean? All. All means all. The world needs good news. And the truth of our joy is the good news of Jesus. Here's the second truth. The truth is this, that our joy in Christ causes immediate action. Our joy in Jesus Christ causes immediate action. Verse 15 says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go, right? Let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. 
So they hurried off. I mean, boom, on the spot, in the moment, let's go. They left their shepherds, crew, staff, thank you, Manny, and they left the sheep in the field, which the Lord never leaves us, but that's a whole other story. And they went right then, right there, immediate action. So what happens when we don't take action? What happens when we have joy in our heart and no action is taken? And Jesus actually tells us this in a parable, the parable of the soils and the seed being scattered upon the different soil. He says this in Matthew 13. He said, the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, because of the world, they quickly fall away. It says that they receive it with joy, but they take no action to put roots down into the gospel. And we have these moments that we're overjoyed that the Lord moves upon us and we stand still. And I'm telling you to take action, to move forward. When we see joy in our lives and we see joy of the Lord, we have to react. We have to reach out and take it. So what would have happened if these shepherds didn't take action? What would they have said? That's great. I've got to finish my, I've got these sheep here. I've got to watch them. I've got something to do tomorrow. I'm really busy. That's a long way. I've got to get my affairs in order. Gosh, I got to pack for the trip. I've got to do all these things. What would it have done if they didn't take action? They would have missed the Messiah. They would have missed the Lord. They didn't go right then and right there. And we do this. We do this all the time. It's that the moment comes and the Lord moves upon our hearts and we hesitate, we wait. I, went, I told you I went on a hunting trip this week. And so with these three of uh, my closest friends from college, and so one of them, he's in Houston and we were hunting and he was, uh, we, we, he was trying to shoot a deer and he's never killed a buck before. So this perfect deer walks out and we're sitting on top of the truck, me and him, and the guy who owns the lease, our other friend, and another guy that are in the cab of the truck, and this deer, and so we watch it, we watch it, this is the one, we're gonna shoot it. He gets up there, I'm like, it's right there, take your time, just squeeze the trigger, just breathe, take the shot, now's the time, the deer is there, that one, you need to shoot it. I mean, he gets, and the deer would turn, and they would get broadside where he can have a shot, and he wouldn't shoot, and then the deer would turn away, I'm like, ah. And finally, his name is JW, finally, that, that buddy in the cab of a truck, and we're trying to be quiet, I mean, he broadside, 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 won't take the shot. I'm like, it's okay. He's like, I'm so nervous. I'm so, I was like, that's great. You should be nervous. It's wonderful. And so finally it turns. It looks like it's going to walk in the brush. And our buddy in the truck, he's like, J-Dub, shoot now. And boom, he kills the deer, right? You got to take the shot. Like the Lord moves on your heart. You got to take the shot. You got to take it. Now is the time. James calls, out, calls our lives, but a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Our very life that we live, in James chapter four says, says this, why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Your life is but a moment. It's a blip of time. It's like a mist that's here and is burned off by the sun and gone tomorrow is our joy causes us to take action. 
We had a man in here one, one Sunday before we became the vessel and we were still a, part of ACF Round Rock and our video went out and this was a whole story about what the Lord was doing at that time. And so I just had to get up and I just started sharing or, or whatever. And there's this man that came in and there were guests and he accepts Christ in the middle of the service, in the message. Like, I want you to know that if you want to know when the right time to say yes to Christ is now. Any, you can interrupt me any Sunday that is priority. And this man interrupted me. He's like, I, I want to accept Christ. Or this woman was like with him. She said, he wants to accept Christ now. I was like, and he sent right where Jillian was. I was like, okay. He's like, I do. I want to accept Jesus. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, do you believe the Lord? And right in the middle of service. And he sat down and we just continued on with our service. The next Sunday he came, he was baptized in the YMCA pool. The next Sunday, never saw him again. Never saw him again. And I don't know what happened. Pray for him at times. But like, what is a moment in our life being amiss? And I want you to know, join the Lord, man. Action is now. There's a third truth. It says, it says, our truth is this. Our joy in Christ causes us to share with others. Not only does it cause us to take immediate action, our joy in Christ causes us to share with others. In verse 17, it says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. When they'd seen him, they immediately spread the word to others. I think about my kids on a Christmas morning, which is coming up not too long from now. They will run down the stairs early in the morning. They're not gonna be complaining about getting up from school. They're not gonna want a few more hours of sleep or minutes of sleep. They will run down the stairs. They will see the Christmas tree. They will see Christmas morning and they will pass the tree and they will go where? to our bedroom, mom, dad, wake up, Santa came, we've gotta come and see, right? In their joy, they don't stop, they don't start ripping open their packages or their stocking. What do they do? They come and jump on the bed and they wanna share that with you. They're so excited, they're overjoyed in the moment. And that's what our faith should be like. We should be like kids coming down to mom and dad's bed, jumping in saying, you're not gonna believe what the Lord has done, what life in Christ is like of how much you're loved or how much you matter. And that should be our heart. Our joy in Christ calls us to share with others. There's a biblical case study uh, for the woman at the well. If you know the, the story of the Samaritan woman at the well, she is a perfect case study of what it looks like to have joy. First of all, Jesus shares the gospel with her. It's just she and Jesus at this well. And she says, why are you talking to me? I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew. We, we shouldn't even be interacting. I'm here in the middle of the day because I'm, I'm this outcast from my society and this culture. And Jesus shares the gospel with her. Jesus answered, he said, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I will give them will become like a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus shares good news with her. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ and that he is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us that Jesus declared to, her, declared to her, I, the one who is speaking to you, I am he, I am the Christ. And he shares good news with her. And what does she do? She drops her jug, she leaves the water jug that she came with and she immediately takes action. She goes back to her community, back to her town, says the Messiah is here, John 4, 28. Then leaving her water jar, she didn't even take water with us. The woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? 
She took immediate action out of her joy. Then she shares her joy with others. She says, many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I did. Verse 42, they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. She told others, she spread the gospel. She gave it away, just like kids coming down and jumping in bed. She said, you've got to come and see. It's the Christ. It's the Messiah, the one we've been waiting for. Right? And that should be our heart with the gospel. We should be like those kids. They're coming down on Christmas morning. I tell you what, you want to know where the vessel is growing is in our youth. And why is student ministry growing? I mean, God bless TJ. He does an amazing job. And Audrey and Ryan and all the people that are serving. Man, thank y'all. But why is our student ministry growing? It's because kids are bringing kids. They're saying, come to church with me. Come and be a part. Come and see. Come and hear. And we've got kids that are meeting here on Sunday nights that have never heard about Jesus. That are desperate for good news that need to know how much they're loved, how much they matter, what life in Christ is like. I mean, that should be our hearts. And I said this last week, when's the best week to invite someone to church? Next week, today. Don't wait. It doesn't matter that we're doing a stupid Christmas tree or the music isn't perfect, right? Not that the Christmas tree is stupid. But man, we gotta share the good news of the gospel Verse 18, look at this. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to him. They were amazed. It literally means to wonder or to marvel. And not like, hmm, I wonder. It's to wonderment. It's wonderment in this news and to be amazed, to marvel at, to be awestruck by the miracle of the gospel. Let us never water down the gospel. Let us share good news. Let's tell people what the Lord did for them. Here's the last truth. Last truth is this is our joy in Christ causes us to live lives of praise. So we, we are, first truth is our joy in Christ comes from the good news of the gospel. It causes immediate reaction. It causes us to share with others. And lastly, it causes us to live lives of praise. Verse 20 says, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Sometimes we have a really narrow view of what worship and praise looks like. You think I'm gonna come in on Sunday morning, I'm gonna get here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sing three or four songs, we're gonna be good, and now I've worshiped, I've checked the box. And, and let me tell you that worship on Sunday morning matters because what happens in here when we gather as a body of Christ, as brothers and sisters in Christ, called to be a part of the vessel, as the parts of the body come together, and we worship the Lord, there's something significant, an upward ministry that happens between us collectively and the Lord. It is intimate, it is relationship, it's ministering to God, but if your only part of your life that is worshipful is Sunday morning, then you're missing it. I mean, we are called to live lives of worship not just sing a few songs on Sunday morning, but to live lives of worship. Romans 12 says this, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship, that we are to offer ourselves, our very bodies, our vessels to the Lord as worship. 
I think that sometimes we consider joy to be kind of the cotton candy of our faith or like the cherry on top or the dessert at the end of the meal. We think, yeah, I want joy and I have this joy. And it's kind of this sweet, uh, yeah, kind of bonus of our faith. But joy is much more a staple than what we consider. Like when we light the Advent wreath, I'm sure someone could tell me, but why is the joy candle pink? Why is it different? Maddie could tell me, I'm sure. But we think about this. We think joy is just a little bit different, that we should have joy in our life, that it's like this cotton candy parts, but it's a sustenance that we need in our diet. It's It's the yeast that makes the bread rise. It's the ingredient that goes in, that gives it its texture, that gives it its flavor, that gives it its life. And without joy, there's incompleteness in our faith. And we should be joyful, joyful people. I feel like we've got a, I feel like church baggage, we've got a lot of church baggage in this room and our lives. I think a lot of church baggage comes from a lack of joy. Is that somehow, somewhere, some Christian, some church, some pastor, some person stripped you of your joy? And, And I want you to know that being a part of church and doing this should be joyful. I'm not saying that we don't have hard moments. I'm not saying that we don't mourn and struggle and walk through trials and tribulations, but we are to be joyful people. And somehow the church has become boring and dry and joyless. That we should be people of joy. How do we do this? How do we live joyfully? How do we live these lives of joys? I want you to think again about Sunday or, or Christmas morning, kids coming down the stairs, right? They're overjoyed, they're excited. And what do they wanna do? They wanna do it together. They want their family to be together. They wanna to see, they want you to see what they got. And when kids tear open their package, they would like, dad, let's play with this. Let's see, let's do this together. Is that to live joyful lives of praise means that we do it in community and we do it together. We have lie, we live lives of joy in community together. It says the shepherds, plural, returned, glorifying and praising God. They went back to their lives. They went back to their sheep. They went back to their community, their family, their people together, overjoyed. And truly to be God's people, to live lives of joy, we do that together. We should have fun. We should smile. We should laugh about things. If you were at RAD yesterday and you were bitten, I'm sorry. (laughs) But we should do it together. And we should be joyful people that love well, that forgive well, that have fun together. The angels told a group of people, and we are a group of people, and the message of the gospel is joyful. We should have fun. That is how we can live lives of joy in a dark world. When we look at the darkness of, the, of what's going on around us, we say, man, this has to be a place of joy. And if we take our joy out of it, we are like the flat, tasteless communion bread that we often take. Man, but joy gives us life, gives us texture. Because when joy doesn't take root, when we don't take action and there's no root there, we can't be joyful in really hard times. Because then we're just happy. Romans 3 says this, not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering. 
We find joy even in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given us. We find joy even in our suffering and we are truly people that do life together joyfully. James chapter one says, count it all joy, my brothers, when things are good, when we're happy, no. It says, we've counted all his joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If we aren't full of joy, then these scriptures aren't possible. We can't find joy in the hard things. Thank you for joining us this morning for our service. We are publishing content throughout the week for Church at Home through our social media and website. For more information, visit www.vessel.church.